Welcome to a relief pitcher edition of Big Ben and K-Win on NoFilter.net. It's Thursday. We're live on NoFilter. But if you miss us, you can go to NoFilter.net, click on Big Ben and K-Win, click on our vault, watch us on demand at any time. If you're more of an audio podcast person, that's okay. We're on Apple, Pandora, Spotify, iHeart, and more. I'm K-Win. He's Big Ben. And he's Jason Grilly. You know Jason from Central New York, where he grew up and spent his formative years. Seton Hall University, where he dominated the Big East. I think he broke a couple Charles Nagy records along the way. <laughs> Major League Baseball, played for 13 years. And Rockin' Balls, co-founder, entrepreneur. He's even got his more own wine, but we'll get more into that. Jason, welcome to the show. Guys, thanks for having me on late night. I'm usually uh early morning, guys, so you're keeping me up. This evening on the East Coast, but a pleasure to be on the show with you boys. Oh, we're glad you have you on and sorry to keep you up late, but we promise we'll make it entertaining for you. No, no worries, man. It just reminds me of the clubhouse, the clubhouse talks after the end of the game. So it's uh it's good to be good to be with my uh we'll try to keep the lights on then too. Yeah, we on the stadium. <laughs> um Jason, we're gonna jump into MLB first. Well, well, let's 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 do a little prediction first. Okay. So let's put him on the hot seat a little. Not really. Uh, what is your World Series prediction? Who's in it and who wins it? Oh, jeez. Um, I'm a, I'm a Jays fan, so I'm hoping that they first get in it. <laughs> they disappointed me last year. I, I went up there with. My Sunday wild card in Seattle snuck up on them and and and, and did some damage to them, broke their hearts. So I'm hoping that they can resurge and go a little bit further than last year. Um, the Braves, damn! I mean, how do you argue a, a team? It's easy to pick the the team that's playing hot right now. Um, I think. Well, I tell you, I don't know. It's uh, that's why you play it out, dude. I'm terrible yeah. at prediction because it. <laughs> It's once you get into that tournament, no one had the Phillies even making it last year and they got in um, and fell short a little bit, but you know, it's, it's anybody's game, but uh, I hate to just sit there and say, I'm going to try to pick out, but I'm trying to, you know, get, get 91, 92 for the Jays uh, out of the picture. I want to see, I want to see them win a world series championship again. So you got Jays over Braves then. Jays over Braves. I would, I would like that. All right, Canada's team and the Jays. Jason, we're going to talk about MLB first. Um, you played 14 years, went away? I got, yeah, I got 20 professional in and 15 seasons in the big leagues. Jeez, 15 in the bigs. All right, so MLB first. We're going to go back through some of your most memorable times. If you can recollect, we want to talk about your first trade. On July 25th, you're called in the manager's room. 1999, the Giants traded you and Nate Bump to Florida, uh, to Florida for Levon Hernandez. What is going through your mind after you got traded just two years after being drafted? Not just logistically, but emotionally. Uh, I thought some of the veterans were playing a joke on me. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you're a first round pick, uh, you get a little resin coming up. You know, I was only 20 years old. Um, in AAA, and I felt like I didn't have any business being there, to be honest with you. So, um, 
and, and the worst part about that trade was I was in uh, AAA and I was in the two, what I felt was the two worst towns in the PCL, which was Des Moines, Iowa and, and uh, Omaha, Nebraska. So after I got traded, I went for the week. I went from those two towns and I got traded uh, to the Marlins, which the Calgary Cannons were the AAA. <laughs> figure it could be any further you get close to big big leagues as a triple a player you're like one step away and i go even further north into calgary canada uh, <laughs> it's a long ways from miami uh to be in the leagues with the Marlins. so uh that was my recollection like what the hell is going on and why the hell am i still in the, stuck in the middle of america get me out of des moines iowa please you know uh yeah, it, the PCL was beating me up at the time, too, and was ironically, that's when I started having a little bit of uh, arm troubles. Uh, come to find out, my big league debut, uh, I did beat the Atlanta Braves. I can probably show you a funny picture of me here. Uh, uh, it looked nothing like I do now. Uh, in the steroid era, I definitely was one that they could have definitely said he is not doing here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so it was just, uh, emotionally, uh, kind of was upset that I didn't get to play for Dusty Baker. I always wanted to play for him. Um, was, it was a great, great guy. Anybody that's played for that man or knows a, a lot about him knows that, um, you know, you run through a brick wall for that guy, but I never got the chance to play for him. I was happy for him when I saw him win the world series. Um, uh, but yeah, emotionally, I think I learned about the business of baseball. I was drafted as a giant. I was hoping to break in uh, to the new stadium at the time. They went from Candlestick to the beautiful ballpark they have now. And uh, I was kind of upset about that. So emotionally, it's, it's just like, you know, <laughs> when, when, you're, when you're a dad, you know, you get married, you have to start having kids. And, you, you know, as a man, you're like, you want that boy to come first. And you don't know. But uh, the emotion of, of uh having your first baby and or your first moment in the, you know, the motion of playing in the big leagues, it was kind of the same feeling of, holy crap, you know, man, I just wanted to be a giant and break in the big leagues as a giant, but I, I did get, I didn't get a first win or as a career start with the giants, but I got my first career save against the giants in San Francisco. So there you go. I tried to find that in the positive there. Vindicated. Absolutely. Uh, all right talk about your first start in may 11th after you actually you probably got called up from calgary i imagine uh, I earlier yeah. earlier I that week and you guys were playing the braves at joe robbie and you got andrew jones and chipper jones in the lineup how are you feeling going into that first thing against mr Veraz as he steps into the box uh, I didn't feel my legs. Uh, <laughs> I just remember not even feeling it was an out of body experience. You know, you, you can't wait to, for that, that, that moment. And when the moment's there, you're, it, it's very surreal, I guess, really, you know, all the, all the backyard baseball, the dreams of like, all right, bottom of the ninth. And you're putting yourself in that situation. And I did that a million times as a kid, as we all do. Right. And then finally go up against the Braves, like I said, with Javi Lopez with his sleeves up and Chipper Jones, those guys, and they're, they're in there digging into my skinny ass. I got it here. Now I got to show you. Yeah, we got to see the picture now. 
fun of myself on, on, on your show here. Uh, but this is the Marlins actually did. I got to get this reframed. The faint, this is not on my wall, but it, it actually broke. But I got against Kevin Millwood. I actually, um, pitchers could hit. Um, I got the winning RBI, the game hitting the winning RBI, but my skinny ass right here. This is this is what uh, grilled cheese used to look like before I figured out how to eat you know, properly in the big league. Now, top right, your arm angle, is that a slider? Or my, oh. my, my right, your top left? Oh, there, I have no idea. Like I said, I don't remember what I was doing that day. Just know that, and, and, it, and I... The funny part is that I got called up in AAA, and the only reason I did was because two guys went down. Uh, Alex Fernandez uh, was hurt, and then Ricky Bonus, who was supposed to, you know, spot start for him, I don't know, uh, was also hurt. So it just was my turn in the rotation. I got called in the office again. It was a joke because I was rocking a seven ERA in, in Calgary at the time, or something like that, and. Uh, like you're going to the big leagues just for one day, you got to make a start. And I'm like, what? So I was looking at looking at who it might have been against. And it was, I think they're playing the Pirates. And then I looked at the schedule, I'm like, oh shit, it's the freaking Atlanta Braves. I mean, the lineup was ridiculous. They were dominant then. Yeah, I guess. Well, here, here's the here's the second piece to it. So I just noticed in the corner here, there's the lineup card. They they gave me the lineup card. Here we go. Oh, right here, this was uh. Barris, Andrew Jones, Chipper Jones, Andres Galarraga, Brian Jordan, Bobby Bernia, Raphael Fercal, who was a pain in my ass. My hope. I couldn't get that guy out. Uh, Lunar and whoever else they blacked out here. But uh, and then you're pitching against Kevin Millwood. Pitch against Kevin Millwood, and uh, there's Ryan Dempster, uh, Kevin Baco. He calmed me down. Thank God for veterans. Um, he calmed me down and was a big league catcher that night. But yeah, they they put some some gear together for me after the win, and 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 it sucked because, like I said, they called me up for one day, and I'm sitting there celebrating. They let me bring my dad in the clubhouse, and May 11th was his first big league win. So, um, in his pro career against the Yankees, so we both wow. shared that together that, that day. Awesome. Uh, we were sitting there drinking a beer. The team's leaving. They're all high five me. All right, all right. I'm like, shit. It was buzzkill. I won against the Braves. Great freaking team, you know. And uh, they're going on to New York. And I was like, I'm going back to the freaking Miners. Coming <laughs> back, baby. It sucked. It was terrible. But I enjoyed that beer. I drank it real slow in the clubhouse. <laughs> but uh, luckily, I had. Luckily, I squeaked out 20 more years uh, of professional baseball and. Had my run. If you could see my jerseys in the back, there's plenty of teams. I could have tried to collect them all, as I said. <laughs> Heard of the damn league. So first trade was emotional. The rest of them was like, all right, where am I going next? And who do I get to play with? <laughs> we had a big league jersey on. Jason, real quick, talk about uh, Bobby Bonilla. He got paid another $1.2 back in July 1st. The contract that never ends, 2035. He was your first strikeout. No, uh, no, it was um, it was Brian Jordan. Oh, ooh, two sport athlete. Yep, Brian Jordan was actually my first. See, you don't forget your first, right? Yeah, exactly. That's why I bring it up. Take us through it. Take us through it. Looking, swinging, 
What did you do after? I remember it was on a breaking ball. Um, well, I had a pretty good breaking ball. That's why they get they put all the hardware in your elbow, you know. <laughs> if you're looking for your golf ball, I think it might be right here. <laughs> Dr. Andrews did uh, some great work and put Humpty Dumpty back together again for the second time. But, uh, yeah, I threw him a good breaking ball. Um, again, just it's kind of a surreal moment, you know, um, when you start breaking through and you start – developing that that confidence that you got to have to pitch at that level you know and against a team like that i mean no no shortage of um you know awesome i gave up 11 hits but i wound up i, had, I was pitching with a broken arm I, that game i had to get surgery right after that game um after i threw my bullpen i knew something wasn't right uh, but i guess i didn't feel a lot of it through the adrenaline of, of the win and i wound up having arm troubles uh about the next two, two and a half years, I had to put a screw in there. And then Dr. Andrew told me he's going to see me again pretty soon. He says, you're probably likely going to have uh, Tommy John after I put the screw in too. Oh, wow. I was like, what are you talking about? You know, so he was right. He was, he was right. I was back on that surgery table. He zipped me back up and, uh, you know, he took that gravel road instead of that first, you know, I was the fourth pick in the country. I had that, Everybody thought I had that silver spoon shoved up my ass. Going to get these. Here's 30 starts. Let's see what you can do. Kind of career, at least to begin with. And I had a little bit of gravel road, you know, making my my trek back up and changing changing jerseys and changing the way I pitched and my approach. I know I started in the front end of the bolt of the pitching staff as a starter. Got drafted as a starter. You know, swept the floors uh, and cleaned uh, cleaned up people's messes in middle relief, which is a thankless role and uh, said, shit, if I'm going to be in the bullpen, man, I want to get in the back and do the glory stuff, which is really hard. The eighth inning to me, you got a good setup guy. The closer better take you out or buy you some nice, nice stuff for Christmas because that's the hardest job in, in the bullpen. Facing two, three, four, three, four, five every night. You're facing the league um, as a setup guy, but I enjoyed it all, man. It was a fun road and, uh, yeah, I'd do it all over again. So it's your first major league start. You get your first win. You get your first hit. And we were looking at your hitting stats the first two years. I believe you're right around 300. So if there was a universal DH when you played, would people be thinking of Jason Grilly and talking about him the same way they talk about Shohei Itani? I was I was pissed, man. I was pissed that they changed up. Uh... It was hard. It was the anxiety of a, a pitcher coming up during that time. I mean, I'll tell you a funny story. When I was a brave with Hank Aaron in the cage, we were, we were practicing our bunting, and here comes Hank Aaron, home run king. I'm like, guys, we got to put the bats down. This isn't embarrassing. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see this shit right now. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, we had to hit, and I, I have a uh, – home run i'm 499 away from the hall hall of fame tony uh, armis that was our next question you got him in montreal in montreal man and, and i thought i hit it good i knew i hit it good when i got did, wait, wait. did you bat flip did you pimp uh, it no I won't, no i wouldn't disrespect the pitch because i am one uh, <laughs> i put my head down I, I almost threw up at second base i didn't know what to do. <laughs> I, went down, I was like oh my god you know, I, I thought I hit it off the wall. Next thing you look at, you know, it wasn't wind dated. And as I told you, uh, 
if you looked at me, I was not, I was not on the gear. <laughs> but, uh, I hit about twenty rows up, so I got him pretty good. I mean, he threw he threw a power threw a power sinker, just threw it into the barrel of my bat, and uh, yeah, was a, was a, was something to remember. And then in 2013, you're in Pittsburgh. You're closing in the back half of the rotation. You make your first All-Star game. I think you pitched the ninth that game, too. Can you talk about, like, your feelings and, you know, based on your journey up until that point, what that moment meant for you? Yeah, there was so much going on uh, into that. I had my Field of Dreams moment with my dad. Uh, We had a father-son weekend. Clint Hurdle allowed us to – bring our dads on a trip. We had a three day set in between homestands um, in, in Chicago. So the dads flew with us if, if, if they could come on the trip and they were on the field with us and the whole bit. And that was just happened to be the weekend that they named the uh, pitching staff and, and uh, players to the all-star game. And we had five guys represented that year in the all-star game, which was pretty oh, crazy. Wow. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a Pittsburgh loaded, uh, National League uh, representation. So going back out, I was running to my dad like I was a little kid. And I ran out and I told my dad I'd made it and I was crying. And uh, I wish I had the picture. I got to print it out as one of the pictures I got to print out. I'm trying to figure out, you know, what to put on these walls here in my Digme room. And uh, we're sitting there crying. And he goes, Would you, you know, Dad, can we have a catch? So we're just playing catch after I got named to the all-star game in the outfield by the, the Wrigley Ivy. So that was a cool moment. Um, and, and many others uh, like Mariano getting to talk to Mariano. Um, at the time I was like one of the oldest uh, guys to make it for the first time. And he pulled me aside and had a good conversation with him. And then he was warming up and I was warming up and I looked over and I was like, oh, this is surreal. And he just gave me, he gave me a nod, you know, to the cap. I'm like, Oh man, I was like, let's go. <laughs> let's go. So, uh, yeah, I gave up a, a leadoff triple to Prince Fielder, none other than Prince Fielder, mm-hmm. you know, blazing speed and uh, <laughs> leadoff triple. And I was like, I can't give up a run. You know, it, it, I used to always think that too. I was like, if I ever get there, man, I just want to have that good outing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was, we were just talking about this the other day, like, I think a uh, pitcher, Atley Hamker, was a lefty, I think. For the Giants. Giants, right? And I think he was having a great season that year, and then he get a bad all-star game, and that just killed his confidence or whatever happened because I think he just bottomed out after that bomb that season. So the first half that he got there, deservingly got there, going to the all-star game, that game wrecked his confidence, and I think he didn't do too well after. I mean, you could look it up. I don't know what I'm talking about. But uh, I just wanted to not have that same type of experience where I got, you know, I was going good and then that just shattered my confidence. Because, you know, people don't realize it was exhausting. I didn't realize how exhausting the emotion and uh, just not having an all-star break, right? Mm -hmm. You're going from a season where guys are just able to chill, get that little reset, weekend off in baseball, time with your family, or go on a little mini vacation. When I got back, right after I got back, I, I had tore my flexor tendon um, in the middle of a playoff push from 2013 when we went to the wild card. And I missed some time during that season. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a good and bad experience all around 
because like I said, I think the highs and lows, that was my, my storyline right there. But yeah, uh, having my kids on my lap for the home run derby was just the cat's meow. You know, I just, uh, I always said, I said, I wanted to at least get to the world series and I lost with the tigers in 2006, but I said, I'd rather get there and lose and never make it at all. And I, and I got to stick the feather in the cap and be among, you know, the top, top of the league and, and, and with those guys, uh, which I thought I could have made it as a setup guy the year I had before in 2013 or 2012 as a setup guy. But, uh, that was before they kind of like took pictures other than closers. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. All right, Jason, I got a multiple choice for you. More modern day pitching, I guess. Would you rather pitch with no pitch timer or pitch with Angel Hernandez calling balls and strikes behind the plate? <laughs> You're kidding me. Which one I want to fit? <laughs> Angel Hernandez is a great umpire. Um, yeah, the pitch clock, you know. That that is the topic. I don't know why we're in such a hurry these days, especially when you sit there and go. It's the one thing that pissed me off. I don't know if I would be able to make it. Some of the time things that you that you um, sit there and and and, and wonder about it. I want. I know Rob Manfred gets booed a lot. That's a boo that I would like to just boo him all day for because even even on the hitter side of it, Drew uh, Maggi. Gets called up to the big leagues, and some of these guys are having a key moment in a game. Mm-hmm. Try to take a breath and reset. This is their job, right? This is what you do every day. And people don't look at it that way. But I go for an extra second or two to get yourself uh, in the right frame of mind and the right, uh, you know, condition to 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 adhere to the intensity of a major league at bat or a major league pitch in a key moment. I'm curious to how that's going to play out in the playoffs. I really am. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Rod, I think Tony Clark talked about extending that or giving like pitchers more of a window because of the intensity of playoff baseball and not having to rush to the moment. It's a dumb thing, man. It's, it's, that's just, that's just no feel right there to me. And that's what the umpires are out there for, right? You get those guys, the arbitrators of our game to say, Hey, if you're a human rain delay, Get in the freaking right, right there. You can tell them right there. We don't need a clock to tell you. And then if you're on the mound, you know, there's not too many guys like I can say as a pitcher, you want to get in a rhythm, you want to get in a groove. And when you're going good, you don't need the clock. When you when you're going bad, like give me a second because they might be calling me in to send me the hell out of here. You know, yeah. I'm not making a moment in a pitch. So again, um, Stuff that I don't have to worry about in my day. <laughs> but I tell you what, if I had to, if something pissed me off bad enough, I think I would run in between things after the umpires checked my hands. I would be over there kicking and beating the hell out of that. <laughs> they would get that on film, you know? That would go viral on YouTube and TikTok. Yeah, and we all need a viral video somewhere. We all have to have one, <laughs> you know? <laughs> So now uh, we want to transition to life after baseball. So uh, a good friend of mine, Ricky Perez, lives in Pittsburgh, met you. That's how we got connected. And he was just talking about how passionate you are about your new venture, uh, Rockin' Balls. And so we were looking into it, and it seems very cool. So you take a player or a musician, you look at their heritage or their roots, 
and then you create a wine based on like their family lineage. Yeah, Can you tell sure. us a little bit about the venture and what got you inspired? Uh, yeah, this is, this is where, you know, being Italian, it gets lanky. So sit down, sit back. You know, I was like, you guys a cup and glass and then <laughs> rock out and do this here. But the name, the brand is called Rock and Ball Wine. And it's because every rock star wants to be an athlete and every athlete wants to be a rock star. So that's where that stemmed from. But playing the World Baseball Classic for Team Italia three times, um, you know, the, it's basically a big commercial for baseball, right? The game is global. Um, one of the best players in the game, the best player in the game, is hailing out of Japan now. So uh, it's gotten very competitive. And through the World Baseball Classic, you know, there's monies, depending on the rounds, that would kick back to the to the, to the country to go towards developing uh, – further advancing the, you know, the development of baseball in their country, which everybody knows in, in Europe, soccer's king, right? More though, yeah. more over than baseball. So watching and knowing some of those numbers when I got to play, like that's all they're giving team Italy to go back and what are they going to build a, you know, a new weight room with that or, you know, <laughs> for one team. I mean, it's just, it was like, a, it was almost like an insulting amount of money and not that I'm going to sit here and change everything, but it was kind of my, way like my 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 effort to just say hey who likes to drink wine i do um who's italian me and who likes to drink with me thank you bro you know, I know you guys are, and sit back and that's what we do and tell stories and um using the celebrity names so far i got francisco cervelli yogi berra um and myself uh the chase of the italian heritage I'm, I'm still talking to some um celebrities not just you know musicians with guys like, I would love to get Guy Fieri, who's a friend, uh, an associate of mine, uh, acquaintance of mine recently. Um, I got a, a relative who's uh, talking to Sebastian Maniscalco, who's really, you know, uh, out there and, and a hot name right now in the Italian comedy circuit and movie circuit. <clears throat> so just getting people that are AEIOUs, and there's sometimes wise out there, it's guys that are. Uh, don't have such an Italian name, but guys like Garrett Cole, um, he's got some Italian heritage. Um, you know, Bruce Springsteen's got some Italian heritage. So I have my wish list. Mm -hmm. And the whole reason I want the name, and not even to just use mine on the bottle, but I'll give you the example. The Grilly name comes from uh, right outside of town, right outside of Rome, called Fiorentino in the Lazio region. And, and there's one of five grapes that is pertinent to the region. And I tasted all the grapes, and uh, the Cesarnese de Pilio grape is the one that I chose, and I embodied. So that is my first question: Why did you choose that over the Mancha Puccino? Yeah, I, I know. Um, <laughs> I'm a big clubhouse guy, or so I was told. I like to hang out with my teammates, and uh, this wine kind of goes with with everything. And I said it, and it has a good finish. And I was a closer, so I was just trying to get really you know deep into the Italian that I am and the blood that runs through my veins and get deep and emotional into my heritage. And that's kind of how I chose it. And hopefully, like I said, I'm going to get some more guys that are from that region and we can cover the, cover the pins and all the regions and to use those grapes, you know, um, you know Francisco chose the Negaramo grape. He's his family heritage is from the uh, Puglia region. And Yogi's up way up north. He's almost near Croatia where these two rivers meet. But his is more of a blend in his family. Uh, he didn't get to obviously choose, but his family uh, was so gracious. Friends with Lindsay Barrow. She's a, she's a rock star, man. 
Um, and if you haven't seen that documentary, guys, you're missing out. It's unbelievable. Um, the Yogi Berra documentary. But, um, yeah, they chose a, a, a grape that's up there that they felt represented him. And, moreover, the Italian heritage uh, represented in the Yogi Berra Museum. So it was cool to tie him in. But I want to get other legends and, and uh, people. Like, I just went Italian heritage. Uh, here they have a, in, in Bloomfield. Uh, I threw the you know, bocce ball tournament tonight, and Franco nice. Harris is no longer with us, and they needed a team captain to fill his shoes, which I will never do that here in Pittsburgh. Uh, he's a legend Pittsburgh Steeler, but uh, they needed a team captain for the Guidos here against the Irish team that they, we had to play against. And I rolled the championship uh, uh, role and tonight, so I, once a closer, always a closer. Guys. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um so we won that tonight, but I uh, talked to his son, Franco Harris's son, and, and mentioned it. And hopefully I'll get him on a bottle, you know. So baseball players, football players, hockey players, it doesn't matter. Musicians, rock stars, if you guys are out there, and uh, I'll have to send out you guys a bottle so you can taste it and really get it. Because you can put anything. You can put cat piss in a bottle, throw a nice label on it, and, you know, people just don't drink it for two years. So they're like, oh, man, maybe it just went bad. I got good wine, guys. <laughs> good names on the front. I can't let down the, you know, the representation of the name. And uh, we want to honor that name uh, and and the people who came before us. I mean, my my ancestors, uh, all of our ancestors came over to America for a better life, right? And what better, what better way to honor it? I think that was what was cool about the WBC. And it still is. It's like the name on the front is who you play for. The name on the back is who you represent. And the one on the back is kind of a unique one because you get to play and represent your family name a little bit more. And I think that's what people really like that, 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 that tournament that Major League Baseball has put on. It's, it's catching on uh, and you'll get to see playoff baseball in the beginning of the, of the year. So, you know, pretty cool. So that's the long-winded short, short version of the story. Okay. I don't know why. I so gonna I'm going to assume you've been to Napa. Yes. Okay. So for our listeners out there, how would you compare Napa wines to wines from Italy? Um, well, from the motherland, uh, different, you know, different earthy tones. And it's a whole different, uh, you know, obviously weather plays a big factor as well as where the grapes are grown and, and uh, the soils that, that the grapes are grown. And so, you can't really compare the one against the other. It's just what you're, you know, accustomed to, what you're exposed to, having a different taste, a different smell. Um, you know, so I, I guess what I could say is it's the best compliment I've gotten so far is mainly from women who don't drink red wines. They're like, well, I drink whites. And I go, just, yeah. okay, that's great. But have you tried Italian red wine? Just try this. It's very smooth. And I, I give them the description so I don't want to spoil it. Just take a tiny sip, taste, put it on your tongue, spit it out. I don't care. They taste it and they're like, oh, and then they keep drinking it. And they're like, well, what is this? <laughs> yeah. well, welcome to wine. <laughs> Real good wine. I said, there's a lot of good reds out there, you know? Um, and I know, no offense to the Napa wines. No, no, no. I think Napa, I live on the West Coast. It's all hype. It's so expensive and it's not worth it. Well, it's a, it's a lot of, you know, and it's, it, 
it's a lot of, I'm trying to remember my friend, uh, Matt Sirianni was just here and he used to work at the Turnbull uh, vineyard and some other ones out there. And he was just like, it's just amazing how certain grapes, they put a different label on it. It's the same grape. Yeah. But people will pay a few hundred dollars more for the name. And mm-hmm. uh, it's it just is the margins of, of all that. But a good Italian wine, when you're over there, you can pay like $4 for a great bottle of wine over in Italy or $10 even, you know, for an amazing. So it's, it's by the time it gets over to America or on a menu at a restaurant, it's amazing the markup and the margins of how much it goes into it. But just like, you know, you could sit there and say, well, why does a, you know, double A guy make only this much and a major league all-star make this much? There's margin because it's that good, Mm -hmm. right? So, uh, so yeah, we were just over in Italy, me and my wife, and I would play this game every night when I would look at the, the wine list and I'd see $20. I was like, is this per glass yeah. or is this per bottle? And it was it was for the bottle. It was like $20. It was really good wine every night. And like if you go to Napa, it's like $25 a glass. I know. And the wine isn't as good as it is in Italy, in my opinion. Well, amen to that. And I know you had a great time and you probably dumped your clothes out and filled your bag with more bottles of wine. <laughs> oh, we did. We bought more luggage. <laughs> there you go. Well, more reason to go back. But, you know, I guess I'm doing a, a, doing a very rare thing in the sense that, um, you know, the work that goes into importing and just in the state of Pennsylvania, I mean, I'm trying to learn some of the laws and this and that and, uh, I had some good Italian um, connections tonight that works with the liquor board in, in Pennsylvania. It's, it's, it's almost easier to get a gun in this country than it is a problem. <laughs> it's a shame because I just, I'm like, I'm trying to bring goodness here and cheers and family name and share my roots. You know, I'm like, why are you giving me a hard ass time for getting this great bottle of wine? It's, it's turned into amazing stuff that we join at dinner, you know, but, uh, it's been it's been a cool venture. Like I said, I've uh, traded in my cap, passed the baton on to those who are getting to borrow it, right down to my sons being a dad and doing some ventures. You know, I got my hand in a lot of things. Trying to be a Forrest Gump. That's my real hero. You know, do everything I can good. I got to do one thing pretty good for for a long time, and uh, now I'm trying to see what other things I can get into life after baseball here. And wine's Jason. one of them. Before you go, can we talk a little about food? I mean, without That's, without food, is, I live. Um, <laughs> I, I got I got a question. You got to eat. You played in. You had a lot of or a few different stops in your career. Can you give me? You had to go back for one night and one night only to each of the cities you played in. Where would you eat at? And what and what would your meal be? And what would your meal be? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> well, that's hard to pick one because I played for so many damn teams, but uh, one that sticks out to me all the time is in Chicago. Chicago's got amazing food. Yeah. And uh, when I was with the Colorado Rockies, Jason Marquis brought me and a bunch of guys out there like, guys, we're going to uh, Joe's, it's not Joe's Crab Shack, it's Joe's Prime Steakhouse and, and Stone Crab. And the, the crab legs that they serve, it's already cut open and everything. They you'll shit a you'll you'll shit a 
crab claw because you just <laughs> want to eat so many of these damn things. <laughs> I, I don't like key lime pie, man, and I would crush the key lime pie there. It's it's <laughs> service is great, the food's incredible. But if you've never, I mean, if you like seafood, some people don't love it. And make their eyes swell up and their lips um, allergic, and their throat start closing. We're giving Heimlich maneuver to people, but uh, no, that's that's one night that. Even still, I, I go back there and go, God, I got to get some of that pink crap. See, you know, I'm a mouse water. Thanks. <laughs> no, there's just so many, so many, you know, meals. Um, Give us what about more. in Pittsburgh? Oh, shoot, dude. Pittsburgh is filled with. Um, I just was down. Oh, God. I just went to Senti, who this guy, Franco, he's off the boat from Italy. Um, he used to work at a restaurant called Lydia's, and she had a cooking show, um, which her restaurant closed down, but he opened up another one down in Lawrenceville, just a little past the Clemente Museum. And if you've never been there, that's the greatest place, like top places, especially in Pittsburgh. And um, we can go into a whole sidebar about that place, but... <laughs> Yeah, Senti, I just had a great meal there. This guy makes make to order food, fresh portions. It was like family style. We had about eight people the other night, and he just brought out his best dishes, and he just trading. That's the way I like to eat, right? You get maybe a lamb chop or two, then you're getting salmon. You're just getting a taste of everything, and your palate is just exploding with good wine on the table, which I brought some rock and ball. He lets me bring it in there, and we uncork it at the table. And we respectfully order more bottles too to enjoy but uh yeah guys i guess let's jam dude let's do this uh in person you know we can't drink or eat while we're doing you know this technology is going to happen make that happen ai is going to spit us through the uh really wonka <laughs> Isn't that movie yeah wonka? we're going to press something on the keyboard and yeah. out comes an italian wine from rock and roll there you go boom made the order right there on the spot Amazon will be out of business. <laughs> and one more, Detroit. So you, your dad played in Detroit. You played in Detroit. What was the? Uh, did he give you any guidance on stops, whether food, just living in the area while you're playing there? Um, no, Detroit. Detroit <laughs> was not like at the time. It was it was coming up, and um, the Illiches were were fixing up the town. I think we had a lot to do with, especially that year, 2006. Um, uh, we lived, we, I lived north up in Troy, which was maybe what, 25 minutes, 30 minutes outside the city. But um, yeah, Detroit, <laughs> Detroit was not one of the one places where I go, yeah, this is where you go to eat and all that. But there, are, <laughs> there are good places, um, I'm not knocking it. Um, you know, I already got booed out of Detroit, so I don't piss anybody off. You might be listening in that area. I was born there because my dad was a Tiger. But, yeah, it was cool to play for the Tigers for that very reason. You know, I got to rock my dad's number, 49. I got to give props even to another uh, sidebar story. Jose Mesa, that was his number for the longest time. And he came to Detroit. And I got a phone call. I was golfing on the golf course. In the morning, I was like, oh, shit. It was in the off-season. I'm like, wow, who would be calling me from the Tigers? I said, shit, I think I got traded again. Here we go. Where am I going? 
you know, and uh, <laughs> well, I got three certain jerseys, man. I had lots of jerseys <laughs> and a shit ton of luggage. She's <laughs> <laughs> all this luggage. She's like, what do you have all this luggage for? I said, Dad, I lived on the fucking road, man. I was, on- <laughs> I was packing my bags every time I, you know, did something or didn't do a damn thing. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, – it was cool to play for the Tigers, you know, just had that bond with my dad. And he and I are extremely close. He's my one best friend. But to be able to honor uh, my dad by wearing his number, I think that was the coolest thing. And Jose Mesa, to the, let me back to the story. So I get that phone call, and it wasn't that I got traded. It was that, hey, Jose Mesa inquired that he wanted his number. And I just said, well, I said, whatever he wants to do, I know players make an offer, and I, whatever he wants to do. I'll respectfully give the veteran his, his way because I don't want to piss him off and whatever. Just totally respect that. I said, but whatever he's going to do, you know, just involve my dad because it's my dad's number and that's why I wear it. He he, he, was, he heard that story. He's like, no, I'm not going to take it from him. And he wound up winning 90, wearing 94. I thought that was so cool. I had to feel, I felt like I needed to buy him a gift. I said, I thanked him up and down. But what a cool guy for, for respecting that. You know what I mean? Mm, very cool well jason thanks for having us or thanks for joining us yeah, on, on the show today oh it, it was a blast we got to do this in person next time for sure for sure always welcome here um i got a beautiful farm piece of land up here turned the barn into my house so i'm i'm uh move some dirt uh, yeah keep moving dirt that's right it's like the song right exactly uh, before we let you go, do you want to tell our listeners where they can find you online, where they can buy your wine, where they can hear more about what's coming out uh, from your yeah. wine venture? Yeah, so jasongrilly.com. I got somebody who knows how to build websites. I'm trying to get it all going there and splash it up there. But uh, rockandballwine.com. Um, you can order from right from the motherland, right to your doorstep right now. Um, and if you're in the state of Pennsylvania, Old tight and all these other states because I'm trying to break through with total wine and some other people that I am uh, talking to. It's it's new on the scene, but I can promise you it's uh, worth the wait. If you get your hands on it, just bringing a piece of Italy to your doorstep, hopefully to your dinner table or a key moment. Because um, like I said, every uh, athlete wants to be a rock star. Every rock star wants to be an athlete, and however that translates into your everyday life and and with your family, I just want family to be you know meaningful to you in that moment so i never take it for granted right when you get together take it for granted and then last question you don't have to answer it now you can text or email us so uh our podcast is the gift that keeps on giving if there's someone in your phone who you think would be good reliving their major league moments let us know if any of your former friends or colleagues would be uh, a good fit for the show no doubt you got it, man. Thanks for having me on, boys. It's awesome. Thanks, girl. All right. Have good luck night. with everything. Appreciate it. Yeah. No. Later, Total guys. Wine. I'll see you in Total Wine here in Washington, right? I hope so. Is that and where I you're hope at? It's, I hope it's better. I'm up in Washington, Seattle. Yeah. We got oh, decent wine in, in the area. Yeah. So we got, you know, the Columbia Valley and all that. Or make some good wine, but I, I was just gonna say I hope it's better than the Snoop Dogg wine I see at QFC. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's good. listen, just give me your give me your addresses and we'll we'll figure out how to 
you know, not break break the break the grapes through there. I'll send you a clip, man. Put it in a All peanut right. butter jar. That's right. <laughs> All right, be good. Thanks, Thanks Jason. Guys. See ya.